Hi everybody, I'm Sess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is George Kazma, co-founder of Waves, an online retail destination for all the latest drops on hype sneakers and streetwear. George started the business as a side hustle from the family home with just 5k of stock. And then when COVID hit and the bottom was falling out of the world, George and Olivia, his lovely partner, decided to go all in on the business and quit their jobs and invested in a warehouse. It was a huge gamble, but it's paid off. In just two years, the couple have grown the business to seven figures and become the go-to destination for Aussie lovers of sneakers and streetwear. George joins me today to share the journey from spare room to warehouse and explains how influencers helped their brand go ballistic. Hi, George. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, your business has gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years, but like a lot of Aussie businesses, it started out as a bit of a passion project and a side hustle from your spare room. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it was always it was always a side thing. Um, so yeah, I was within the, I was in the security industry, and you know we just started something very small from about 20, 30 items. We started with we actually started selling accessories. And then just expanded from there. Yeah. So you only had minimal stock to begin with? Absolutely, yeah. So it was basically just Supreme New York. It's a skate brand in the US. So yeah, we're just mainly specializing in accessories. Yeah, so very, very minimal stock. So was it going niche, you think, that has enabled the business to take off? At the start, yes. We started with the accessories. But yeah, as, 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 the, as time went along, we just saw different um, aspects within the within streetwear where we just had to attack that part of the market. So was it sneakers? Everyone is super passionate about their sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Did, is that one of the, the biggest uh, growth elements for you in the business? Uh, yeah, so basically probably about 80% um, of our core business is, um, yeah, sneakers. And when did you guys realize, I'm happy with this little side hustle, but it's got legs and it could become a business? The push was the worst, uh, probably the worst five-letter word that everyone hates, and that's COVID. So it yeah. was at the start of COVID, also during lockdowns and stuff like that, we just we just saw a huge, huge boom, of course, especially um, a lot of business faced that, especially on the e-commerce side. But that's when we first, um, that's when we saw that boom, that little, little tiny boom. And we just said, you know what, let's start going to the next step, um, you know, with our advertising, with our marketing, with our Facebook, with our Google. Um, and then that's when it just peaked. So you quit your job? I did. I did. Basically, I would say five months later. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a big gulp moment when you're like, oh, am I doing the right thing? You're, you're 100% right, honestly. I could, couldn't sleep for days knowing having that steady income um, and so forth. So it was one of the biggest decisions because I was in the industry for about 10, 12 years, since about 12 years, close close 12 years. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a huge moment, but um, I couldn't wait for it because, yeah, security, being in the security industry was very hard. You're on call 24 hours a day, so it does get a bit tough. Obviously, Olivia, your partner in crime, your lovely wife, yes. she was – also heavily invested in the business as well because she had a business of her own, didn't she? That's right. So she used to do um, laser hair removal. So she used to do um, yeah, laser hair removal. And she's the one that pushed me, of course. Um, yeah, so we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. 
did you both quit your jobs at the same time and go, we're all in, like throwing all the cards on the table or pushing all the chips in, whatever the poker analogy is? <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much. Honestly, we invested so much into that. All our savings went into getting stock and so forth. So, yeah, it was a huge risk. And fortunately paid off, which is <laughs> the, 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 the good news part of the story because the, your brand has just gone massive in, the, in those two years since COVID struck. Yeah, we're very, very um, Do you want to tell me a little bit about the challenges for you with that when you're scaling basically from a home-based business working out of your spare room to now you guys have your own warehouse premises and stuff don't you that's right that's right so the biggest i think there was there was so many different challenges of course the biggest um one of our biggest challenges was um getting stock so most of our stocks is uh all our stock we've got we've got guys that work for us um all around the world so we've got guys in europe the us um la chicago uh, texas london paris malaysia so we've got guys everywhere and the biggest um i think the biggest challenge was for us is getting the stock here during that time of COVID, of course, shipping was super delayed. How do you manage the customer expectations in that instance when people are so hyped up wanting to get their stuff? Is it really important to manage that process then? Absolutely. And that's where we that's where we really do shine is the communication. Um, you just have to, it's very super important to give them updates um, during the whole process. For example, we sometimes run pre-orders on items which haven't dropped in Australia. Yeah. So because um, a lot of the items that we do drop on our website are very exclusive to certain parts of the world. So um, so it's all about communication and giving them the right, right sort of information. And while a lot of other businesses were closing up shop, you guys launched a retail store. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly it's super, super sad to say. Um, yeah, we saw, you know, friends and stuff like that um, close their business, struggle, whether it be restaurants and cafes. So it was super, super sad in seeing that. But you know what? Uh, we're super grateful during that time. In where, where the business uh, where the business has gone. Yeah, and what have you noticed the main differences between a customer who's going to go to your store as opposed to someone who's one of your e-commerce customers? It's always that person uh, because, of course, the items that we sell and the exclusive items. Um, if a person knows the item and they and knows their size, because what makes us shine also is we're one of the only streetwear stores uh, which allows exchanges in Australia. Yeah. Within this kind of industry, because a lot of these stores work on a consignment basis, they have a no no exchange, no size swap policy. And that's where we shine also is because we've created such a business where um, the amount of stock that we have, we allow it. So with an e-commerce customer, they know what they're buying. They've had that item before. They know their size. But with a retail person, you always have that person that will come in that doesn't want to spend that copious amount of money and are scared because of their size and what it looks like on them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we have, we've had followers. Once we, once we opened that retail pop-up before December, we've had people that have been following us for two years. But once we had that pop-up open um, in our warehouse, they just went crazy and dropped so much money knowing that they can touch, they can feel the item understand their size and everything, and they could walk around, walk, uh, walk out very happy. So you say there's still a place for brick and mortar in this environment when everyone's going crazy for their e-commerce, yeah. 100%. There's so many people who even come to my store that don't even know how to online shop. Yeah, really? <laughs> so many. You get, the, you get certain people who don't even like online shop and they want the item straight away. So they don't want to wait for shipping. They don't want to wait. So they want to come in, buy, and see you later. 
And you mentioned the challenges with getting product over to Australia because of COVID and all of shipments and everything being delayed. What about the delays then also internally? Because I know our, our own delivery services kind of struggled with the coping with the massive amount of parcels that were suddenly being ordered. Did you? That was one of the worst experiences of my life, to be honest. To be very honest with you, my incoming stock coming from overseas was quicker than shipping local to customers. Wow. So that was one of the most challenging parts uh, within, within the business during that time. Because, yeah, there were so many people that I spoke to. Um, the business, would go, we, we had OzPost because we had the drivers come through daily and they were coming twice daily to us. They had to buy external warehouses because they couldn't fit the packages in their, way, in their current um, distribution centers. Oh, my God. So it was un, unbelievable. But the upside to that is that customers understood because they saw it over social media. They saw it everywhere. So they, so they understood that it wasn't really our fault. You know what I mean? During that whole time, we upgraded everyone to Express. So that was something that we did do as a business. But, you know, customers did understand and say, you know, it's not waves. Waves is while they're doing the best they can, you know? Yes, because you kept those lines of communication open, you were able to have that good relationship with the customers. That's right, 100%. And that's what it's all about. You know, we're very live. Um, we're very active on our social media. We're always live um, on our stories and communicating. So people understood, you know what I mean, when, you know, where we're coming from and if there was a delay and stuff like that. We used to help them, of course. Um, you know, there's so, there's so many businesses out there that, you know, don't support their customers. Once an item is shipped, they, they don't want to have nothing to do with it. But we're always supporting them. It's very important, you know, opening up cases and investigations. Um, there have been so many instances where, to be honest, to be very honest with you, where customers are waiting four to six weeks and I just had enough from my end. So I would ship out another pair to them and try and entrust them and say, hey, if the pair does turn up to you, if you can let me know so I can, so we can organise shipping for you to have that pair back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there were so many customers that were just, you know, COVID, everyone was, you know, every, everyone, you know, it was a very bad, bad moment for all of us. And, you know, people um, were so excited to expect the delivery. You know, people were shopping yeah. for this kind of stuff and, you know, wanted that delivery to come through to put a smile on their face, you know? Yeah. Yeah, some people were waiting weeks, unfortunately. Yeah, but you did your best to try and keep them happy and satisfied, which is all you can do, really. Absolutely. So during that time also, we also invested in um, Sydney same day delivery service. Um, so it's just about us business adjusting to those kind of things, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, for for the last I think close to a year now, we have been doing same day service within Sydney Metro, and people have loved that service. And can I talk a bit more about um, business? Because obviously you went from just the two of you, now you've got a staff. That's right. You know, you ship to all over the world, not just Australia. What? challenges have has that brought for you because did you have the skills for that people management side of of things already from your your previous job experience absolutely absolutely so yeah i used to run a team of probably about 400 security guards oh wow yeah so i've always been in that kind of operations management role so yeah the the guys that i do have um internally within business so we've got probably with it's a team of six of us at the warehouse and then we have um, probably about a team of 12 around the world um, yeah, I've got. I'm very grateful with the team that we have at the moment. Super, super um, big trust there. And what did you look for when you're employing staff? Because I know um, that can be one of the trickiest things: assembling the right team. I think. I think from my end, I think it's just honest, honesty, transparency, and just loyalty. 
Um, that's my that's that's they're my three biggest things to be honest. Um, you know, whether with the with the guys around the world, um, because you know they're dealing with so much money. It's very important that I can trust them people. So the amount of stock that we go through this week, through a week, is hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, and uh, kind of hard to gauge from the very beginning when you're hiring someone. <laughs> very 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 hard. With the people that do work for us around the world, it's it's basically relationships that we've built over many many years. Honestly, they're like family to us. Yeah, and so. What was the tipping point for you guys going from the garage to the warehouse, but then knowing that actually this is not just going to be a small business, this is going to be a business that's going to do really, really well? I think the tipping scale was when every morning our whole house was full of packages. (laughs) Um, I think that was the biggest thing. Our whole house was full of packages for Auspost and, you know, Fastway and DHL to pick up. So that's when... um, that's where we had to make decisions for, you know what, we had to get a warehouse. Um, so we we got a warehouse in 2020, I would say April. Um, so it was about 150 square meter warehouse. And then we outgrew that warehouse um, in July. And then we're just in a brand net. And then since October, we've been in this warehouse, which is about 500 square meters. Wow. That's a lot of a lot of sneakers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so let's talk about your marketing because um, – when you started, you're obviously a new brand. How did you go about getting your name out? I think it was super important where we had to be different to any other streetwear um, online store in Australia. Um, we focused heavily on our content creation. You know, it's 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 always super important from our end um, in showing people um, to have the confidence in wearing particular items, in how to wear them. Um, so that played a big factor for us in that content creation, you know, and then you have all your general marketing, of course. Um, we started with influencers and then, of course, we scaled up on our Google ads and our Facebook ads. So every little every little aspect that had basically a big factor for us. Mm. And where do you find most of your customers? What is there a particular social platform that they're on? Honestly, it's just super, super scattered. It's really super scattered. Um, you know, you've got your loyal customers from our social media. And then, of course, you know, you've got your word of mouth and then you've got your influencers. Um, there's just so many different factors. And when did you decide to use influencer marketing? Um, I would say start of 2020. So pretty early on in the pretty, piece. Pretty pretty early on in the piece. That's where we where we've noted where we noticed the boom. So we reach out to so many people and till this day we still continue to work with these people. Yeah. What do you feel using influencers has brought to the brand? Again, I think it's just having that confidence, you know, for example, you know, the start of 2020 was basically our biggest, um, our biggest cloud was probably with Martha Kay. Um, and she just changed the whole dy- to be honest, that she changed the whole female dynamics of the business. Um, where most of our clientele previous to that was mostly say 80% male, 20% female. Now it's basically probably about 70% female, 30% male our sales. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Just from having Martha Kay come on board. 100%. She's family to us. Um, so, yeah, she actually changed the whole dynamic of the business, um, you know, whether it be the Yeezy slides and the, the Kanye fits, uh, the Kanye merch and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's showing people and giving them the confidence um, in wearing those particular items, you know. You always have that customer. I don't know if you've seen the Yeezy slides. You've got that. You've always had that customer last year that will say, "No way, I'll never wear them under any circumstances." And come this year, they've got every single color, you know. <laughs> so it's all about giving the people the confidence um, and allowing to just try and 
way different things, you know. And with a business like yours, it's also super important to be on trend. So how do you make sure that you stay ahead of the curve? Yeah, so we, we have our weekly drops. Um, we have our weekly drops, um, daily drops, whether it be watch dropping. Um, but of course, me and Olivia, we look at items, um, you know, understand if this is going to be hot, if it's going to if it's going to go off. Um, so it's super important to understand whether it be the colors, you know, you got green, which is going crazy at the moment, or your neutral tones and stuff like that. Um, so of course, it's understanding what, what the market wants. Yeah. And has there ever been a situation where you guessed wrong and then you're like, oh, no, we've got all this stock? hundred <laughs> percent. But you know what? This kind of market is very, very, um, it's so interesting. Honestly, it is super interesting. I would have particular stock, right? I would say for about six months. And I would think, what am I going to do with this stock? And honestly, one celebrity will wear it, for example. Yeah. I would wake up the next morning with tons of orders and I'm thinking, what the hell just happened? And then we look through social media and I get people DMing me, oh, you've sold out on this size, are you getting more? And then they show us a photo and it might be Hayley Bieber or Kylie Jenner or someone that's worn this shoe. Yeah. And then it just get, and then that's it. We're sold out. So it's super interesting. And of course, within this market, um, whether uh, with, with this kind of streetwear, depending on how hype it is and stuff, it's like a uh, you, you purchase an item and then in three years' time, it might be worth more because you can't find that item anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, resale value increases. So, what's your advice for someone that's that's purchasing more as an investment rather than for something to wear? What's my advice? Yeah. Um, Keep it pristine in the box, never get 100%, it out. Like what? 100%. Yeah, so 100%, keep that shoe dead stock, keep it out of sunlight, so it's super important, of course. And what do you think has been the biggest thing that you've learned in this journey over the last couple of years since striking out on your own? I'm going to ask my wife, Olivia, what do you think? I've got Olivia on the side of me. Hi. Hey. Um, we're still learning. We're learning. We're still, we learn so much but daily. But I think for us, it's, um, it's kind of, gone beyond our wildest dreams and we're just kind of going with it whatever opportunity comes our way we're taking it um some pay off some don't pay off you know most of the time the outcome is positive and we're just we're very grateful for what's happened with our business and you know a lot of our friends and family throughout COVID lost their jobs closed their businesses for months on end and we were fortunate that we were able to still work and also still grow in that time and we'll never forget that. Yeah, it does make you realise how fortunate you are. Absolutely. George and Olivia, lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much for your time today. I wish you all the success for Waves. Sounds like it's going from strength to strength and probably next time I speak to you, you'll have like a 3,000 square foot <laughs> warehouse. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us.